Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. Thank you so much for being with us. And um, so it's just great to have you. And again, McKinney, we just love you so much and continue inviting people, telling people, let's build a cathedral in McKinney. All right. For the glory of God. Well, we're in one of my favorite series of all time, and it's family talk, because God loves family, and, uh, and you're a part of a family. You're, you didn't just get here all by yourself, and today I want to talk to you about you are chosen to choose. You are chosen to choose. If you'd like notes and you didn't get them, uh, just raise your hand, and our team will provide you with some notes and a pen. What was God's original design for the family? Sadly, when thinking about family, many don't have great memories. In scripture, I mentioned this the first week that we started this series, there's only four chapters, the first two chapters in Genesis and the last two chapters, chapter 21 and 22 in Revelation, where the Bible is not addressing some type of issue that relates to families. And so by the time we get to Genesis 3, Adam and Eve have sinned. In fact, what was amazing was the first sin to ever be recorded in the Bible was a man being passive. Just, you know, his wife's having this discussion with a serpent. The Bible says that she saw that it was good for food. She desired to make her wise and she took it and she ate it. And the man just stood there and allowed his wife to have this conversation. And, and more than that, allowed a serpent to speak to his wife. And so men, you need to understand something about yourself. This is why we do a men's conference. This is why you need to be here if you haven't signed up. If you haven't signed up, you're being too passive. Don't let it pass you by. It's one time for us just to get together as men, one time a year, and for us to come together and be inspired and lifted up and get with other men and go deeper in the things of God. But, but this, this, this spirit of passivity is in every man. And you know, uh, I have the privilege to, uh, to coach people, over 100 people, CEOs and small business owners through masterminds that I do. In fact, this week we'll be doing masterminds in Alabama. I'll be doing four or five right here in uh, in Frisco. And if you're a business owner, small business owner, you're interested in that, David Stroud will be in the lobby and you can talk about that and just come be a guest with us because one of the things that God has put in me, the opposite of, of passive is, is passion. And one of the things that we teach, whether it's about your marriage or your business or whatever it is, that if you don't have passion, you won't have a vision. So your marriage, your family, your business, your finances, Vision means your picture of the future. And too often times we, we get passive in marriage. We get passive in, in life. And we don't realize that, that we've lost our passion and therefore it affects the way that we see the future in relationship to our family or our finances or our business. So again, I have the privilege of coaching people in that regard and helping people build their passion so that they can build their vision so that whatever's in your heart, your dreams can come true. This is a place where we believe, this is a family where we believe dreams can come true. So again, if you're a business owner or you're in the C-suite, of some business and you'd be interested, David will be in the lobby. Stop and say, hey, I want to be a guest this week. And we'd love for you to just check it out, see if it's something that resonates with you. But my, my heart in doing that is to, is to help people not only discover, develop, and deploy their passion, but also that whatever your dream is, nobody can tell you what your dream is, but whatever your dream is, to get in a group, uh, uh, get around people who, who can help you achieve those dreams. And so, so here's Adam. He's the first man. He's the first family. There's Adam and Eve, and he's passive. That was his sin. And then they had two sons. So I want you to see that the first thing that Adam did is he was passive. The second thing he did when God saw them and they were clothed because God created them and they were naked, they were free, they were uninhibited, and all of a sudden they sinned and felt like they needed to cover themselves up, that the next thing that man did was blame so I want you to really hear what I'm about to tell you. They're sitting in the notes. 
When you're passive, you'll be a blamer. And see, some people can never figure this out. You're always, you're always trying to blame, well, if this happened to this family or my parents got divorced or I was abused or, 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 and blame always leads to victimization. You feel like you're a victim because you blame this person. And let me just tell you something. So, well, I couldn't do anything about that, but you can do something about this. You see, you can't dictate everything that happens out there, but you can dictate what happens on the inside of you. They'll determine what happens out there. So again, I want you to see this. So Adam was passive, and because he was passive, then he moved into blame. We got everybody blaming their mother, their brother, their sister, the Republicans, the Democrats, blaming this, blaming that. You know why? Because people are passive. And men, let me just tell you something. There's a tendency, my father was passive. I'm not saying this to, to be negative or critical of my dad, but I saw him be passive. I saw him be passive with my mom. I saw him be passive with us. I saw him be passive with God. I saw him be passive in church. He didn't care about church. He went to church because my my mother wanted him to. So in other words, his passivity affected his passion in life. And it's so easy for us to move into that passivity. Now watch what happens with the kids. So you got a dad that's passive. He doesn't really care about God things. You know, he's he, he like wants to make money, but, but like, hey, only enough money. He, he wants to get all he can, can all he gets, and he wants to sit on the can. That's passive. He just wants passive income. I, just want, I don't want to work for my money. I want my money to work for me. We're all taught that. And boy, that's a great concept. But here's the problem. When you are passive, blame goes with that. So he has these kids that are affected, Cain and Abel, and guess what happened between them? Cain murdered Abel, his brother. Passivity, blame, murder. And by the way, that's the first family. (laughs) Welcome to church. Welcome to the Bible. Do you think God might have thought, I've made a big mistake. I need to flood this whole thing. We need to drain the swamp. I mean, whatever. We, we, we. We need to do something different. I don't know what he said. But that's exactly what happened. And so that's how the first family started. Then you have Abraham, who's the father of our faith. Well, he didn't just have one woman. He decided he needed a few women. And his wife even suggested it. Hey, you need children. I can't do it. So why not Hagar? Well, honey, you... I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but oh yeah, go ahead. Really? So he's, now listen, he's listening to his wife and not God. Even though that was, that was okay with her. Because you see, God knows eventually that won't be okay with her. And it wasn't. That he went in unto Hagar and Sarah's going, what was I thinking? What in the world? Then Ishmael is born. And she, Sarah comes back to Abram and goes, I, 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 I can't do it. But you told me to do it. That's exactly right, Abraham. She told you to do it. God didn't. And we start listening to the wrong voices. And all of a sudden, the dysfunction starts to go down through our families. It's not just our decisions, it's the dysfunction of our families. So then then there was this guy named Jacob who came next. He followed in his Abraham's footsteps and he had several wives and then he had 12 sons. And boy, you know, listen, if if you're gonna have dysfunction, just try to only have one kid, would you? (laughs) Hey, can I just ask you, like, if you're just gonna be a dysfunctional, like crazy idiot person, don't have a bunch of kids. Because then it just gets more crazy and idiot. So then there's 12 kids. They're fighting, bickering, jealous. Wow, this is the Bible. They sell their brother into slavery. We're going to kill him. And then there's David, the great, great grandfather of Jesus, the man who's, who had a heart after God. And he, he decided, I like the mini wife thing too. That was never God's plan. God didn't say, listen, men, y'all, let me, I don't know about you, 
but I cannot handle more than one woman. I know some of y'all think you can. I don't, she don't have to know. I don't have to tell her. No, man, you're cray. You're cray, 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 cray. You're not crazy. You're cray, cray. It's like, so here's these guys in the Bible and they're, they're not doing it God's way. They're just going, two's better than one. Anything that's worth doing is worth overdoing. Let's go. Well, then he has a son that rapes his sister. Because see, when you got dysfunction, whatever the dysfunction is, you can't determine what comes after that. Then the son killed the son that raped her. Family. Let's have a family talk. First Peter 2, 9 through 10. But you are the chosen ones by God. Everybody say, I am chosen. Chosen for the high calling of priestly work. Chosen to be a holy people. Listen now. God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him and to tell others of the night and day difference that he's made for you from nothing to something rejected to accepted. Somebody put an amen on that. In other words, God says, I've chosen you, but watch this. You've got to choose. I've chosen you, but you've got to choose. One of the most precious moments, and I've had a lot of them in my life was my 50th birthday. And a couple of the guys got together. In fact, my friend Rod Billhauer was here. We were over at his house for my 50th birthday. One of the most precious memories of my life was on that birthday when Josh, my son in whom I'm well pleased, said to me, Dad, you know, I had no choice with you being my dad. And I thought, where's this going? <laughs> this is my birthday. He said, you know, I didn't have one thing to do with that. I said, you're right, son. I was about to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Josh didn't cry a lot, but he kind of started crying and he said, but I just want you to know for the rest of my life, I choose you back. I choose you back. You see, we're God's chosen so we can choose, watch this, right. He chooses us to show us that we can choose right. So, sorry, just keep falling over things. Here's, take a look at your notes. God the Father has chosen you to be a part of his family. Now, whether you're sitting here today or not and you're a part of his family, that's that's really secondary to this fact. The fact is that God has chosen you to be a part of his family. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 says, how blessed is God and what a blessing he is. Somebody put an amen on that. He is the father, our master, Jesus Christ, and takes us to high places of blessing in him. Everybody say, take me high. He says, I'm going to take you to high places of blessing. Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. God wants you to be a whole person, not whole in terms of just being perfect, but knowing that no matter what happens in your life, because of God's love, you're forgiven. Because of God's love, his word says, nothing can separate you from that love. The Bible goes on to say this long, long ago, he decided to adopt us in his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure he took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift giving by the hand of his beloved son. Everybody put an amen on that. So because we're chosen to be a part of God's family, look at your notes, God wants you to experience his love as your father. God wants you to experience his love as your father. It's so difficult for many of us because we didn't experience that in the family growing up. In fact, none of us had, had a decision to say, uh, hey, this is going to be my mom and this is going to be my dad. Uh, there were just two people that got together and somehow we are the result of it. 
And sometimes it was by design, but most of the time it was by default. I heard that growing up. We didn't mean to get pregnant with you. Thank you. I was wanting to feel special today. And that just really, that really spoke deeply, deeply into my spirit. Yeah, you, you know, you weren't planned, Keith. Okay. I'm not sure why you felt like you needed to tell me that, but like, I get it. I, I'm, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? So that's, that's how I grew up. Not having any kind of awareness that there was anything wrong with that statement. In fact, one time, jokingly, became many times that we fished you out of the toilet. These are people that went to church. My mother's a born-again spirit-filled Christian. And I can't tell you how many times, in fact, when I say it out of my mouth, I can hear her voice saying it. And it sounds awful, but we all laughed about it. But I can tell you this, it didn't make me feel special. Here's my point. I don't know what you grew up in, but for me, and I'm not trying to throw my parents under the bus, I'm just telling you, they didn't have the knowledge that you're going to have today when you leave here. They, they, they weren't taught this stuff. There was no teaching on parenting for my parents. They went to church, they heard about Jesus, and that was wonderful. But they weren't going to a church that was equipping them to live life and to be a success. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all were in churches like that. And it's great, but how do I work this out? Like, how do I apply this? So, so, so I, I'm going to be very transparent with you to tell you growing up, I did not just feel loved. I didn't feel like I was the apple of my parents' eye, but yet God says, you are the apple of my eye, Keith. Why is it important that you be a part of the family of God and attempt to be around people, even though none of us are as healthy as we should be, that are at least striving to be as healthy as we can be? All right? So, so nobody's perfect here. Nobody's better than you. We're all in this, in this family, and we're all striving to make it. But, 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 so, so I had nothing to do with the parents that I had, just like you had nothing to do with the parents that you had. And, and honestly, I'm not sure if my parents would have picked me. They made it clear that I was an accident. But the truth is, you can think that about your parents, but your parents may not have picked you either. And some of you know the hell you put your parents through. So they would go, absolutely, I wouldn't pick you. But guess what? God picked you and he picked them. As dysfunctional as for some of you that may seem, whether you knew your dad, whether your dad was who he was supposed to be, whatever it is, here's the bottom line. And here's what I want you to understand. God chose you to be a part of his family. God chose you to be a part of his family. And he wants you to understand the love that he has for you as his father. I can tell you this. My parents blessed their hearts. And I'm not being negative. I'm just telling you the way it is. My parents did not know how to love me. I was an athlete. They didn't come to one game. When I went to college on a, a college basketball scholarship, I had to explain to my parents what that meant. I sat at the table. They, they kept seeing these articles in the newspaper. They go, you're in the newspaper all the time. I go, yeah, I know. I'm an athlete. Mom. I can play basketball and I'm pretty good. Wow. That's, yeah, you're in there like all the time. It's amazing. So we'd be sitting at the supper table. So anyway, I had coaches start calling my house, wanting me to come to do a visit. My dad would be on the phone and go, well, yeah, he'll come. I go, no, 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 dad, dad, listen, this isn't the way it works. I said, let me handle that. My dad didn't go to college and was not an athlete. So I had 256 offers. And so my dad's just going, yeah, he'll come, he'll come. I go, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be coming. No, I'm, I'll, I'll be coming. So when I told them that I was getting a scholarship, they said, what does that mean? I said, what it means is I'm going to go to a school of my choice, and they're going to pay for all my school. And my parents looked at each other and said, they do that? <laughs> this is the home I grew up in. You know, I'm not saying this to be negative. They just weren't aware. They were head down, butt up. My dad was a cop. He was working three different jobs. My mom was working. They were trying to make ends meet. We lived in South Dallas. Our house cost $19,000, and their monthly house payment was $75 a month. That's how I grew up. I don't know how you grew up. But they weren't walking around trying to make me feel special. They were walking around trying to make it. Shopping at Gibson's. And some of y'all don't even know what Gibson's is. Gibson's would be full Walmart. 
You remember Gibson's $4 shoes? I'm, I mean, I'm just telling you. They didn't have these. They didn't have those. And I didn't have those either until Jeremy gave them to me. Jeremy, those are the dap. Anyway, so, so <clears throat> here, here's my point. Listen very carefully. I don't know how you grew up. Maybe you grew up like Mitch. Mitch, uh, his parents were, I mean, every time I hear Mitch talk about his parents, I think, is that really real? Because they were so loving, they were so wonderful. I think, man, Mitch, that puts a big responsibility on you with your kids and your grandkids that are coming and all of that because his parents were so great. And it's not that our parents weren't great, listen to me. It's just we had no choice. And they probably weren't thinking like you, like my parents weren't thinking like me. How can I make little Keith feel loved? But let me tell you something, when I had children, that's exactly what I was thinking because I didn't have it. I was thinking, what is the key to my children's heart? How can I make Josh feel loved? How can I make Keila feel loved? How can I make Whitney feel loved? It was in my heart, why? Not because I had an issue with what my parents weren't, but because your family of origin, listen, is supposed to teach you how not to be and how to be without issues based on what they weren't. And part of how you reconcile being born into a family of origin that was dysfunctional or unfair or abusive or, or broken is to know this, that you have the power to choose how that's going to affect you. You're not a victim. You can't blame, so here's what you do. I'm gonna learn how to be a better mom. I'm gonna learn how to be a better wife. I'm gonna learn how to be a better dad. I'm gonna learn how to be a better husband. And that's what I decided. And that's the power that we have because we have been chosen to choose and God wants you to experience his love as your father. Ephesians goes on to say this, because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all of our misdeeds. Some of y'all ought to go praise the Lord. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we, we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans that he took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ, a long range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in him, everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. You see, because God has chosen us to be a part of his family, listen to this, he doesn't just want us to experience his love, but he wants us to experience the freedom that comes with being a family member. The freedom. The freedom to be everything he's created you to be. The freedom to choose how things are gonna affect you. I'm writing a book right now called Mamaw's Tenants for Life. My mamaw, she was my hero. And one of the things that she taught me was that you cannot dictate everything that happens out here, but you can dictate what happens in here. And if you'll learn that, that you can control how that's going to affect you, Keith, then you'll never be subject to what people say, what they believe about you. And guess what? I've lived knowing that, even though it's hard sometimes. That no matter what you think about me, it's not important what you think as much as it is what God thinks. It's not important what you say, it's important what God says. Because I'm a part of his family. Ephesians 1 goes on to say this, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Let me read that one more time. It's in Christ, not in your family. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs for us on his, for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he's working out everything and everyone. So God, listen, we're chosen to choose. God chose you to be a part of his family. The second thing in your notes is that God wants you to choose your family of choice. Now, when I talk about family of choice, I'm telling you, buddy, this has been the biggest disconnect, even with people that you know, that we know. It's like family of choice. Like, what does that mean? I mean, like your family, is that, that, that's the most important people. No, your family of choice is the most important people. So let me ask you a question. Let me poll the audience. How many of you have brothers and sisters 
that you spend less time with them and you do more life with a friend or some friends that you have. That's called family of choice. Doesn't mean your brothers and sisters aren't important. It just means who you choose to do life with in your blood, except by his blood. So, so how many of you have got a best friend that you're closer to than you are a brother or a sister or even your mother or your dad? That's family of choice. In 18 years, this has been, buddy, one of the things that just people haven't understood. What are you saying, Keith, that family of choice is more important than family of origin? No, what I'm saying is your choice about who you do family with is more important than anything. And so that's what makes this church different than most churches because we have a revelation of this, that this is a bigger family. So when I win, you win. When you win, I win. When you suffer, I suffer. In other words, we choose to be a family that's doing life together. That's family of choice. Now watch this, they're gonna put it on the screen. Our family of origin gives us our first life lessons by default or by design that we spend the rest of our lives either building upon or trying to overcome. Next, our family of origin is the family we were born into. Our family of choice is the people we choose to do life with. We do not choose our family of origin, but we can choose our family of choice to do life. We want to choose to do life with the people that we want to do life with. Now listen to this. Our family of origin is our practice to teach us how we want to be or don't want to be, how to act or not to act, and it helps us to understand what we want and what we don't want in our lives. So everybody gets that, right? If you get that, say, I got that. So in other words, any negatives that were in my parents, I don't look at that negatively, I just look at that as I learned from it. My dad was not intimate, I'm intimate. One of the reasons I'm intimate is because my dad wasn't intimate. In other words, he was, he, 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 he couldn't hardly say, I love you. You see, those are the lessons that we choose to learn by design rather than by default. Some people, they, they grow up in these families and they let the, the stuff that are in the uncontrollables affect what they can control. You can't control who your mom and dad were. You can't control the decisions that they made. You can't control who your brother and your sister are. But you can control the drama that's in their life and how that affects you. That's why I like to say your mama's drama is not your drama. Don't let your mama's drama be your drama. Your kid's drama is not your drama. The fact is your life is your life. Now, how many of y'all are married? Raise your hand, don't be ashamed. All right, now listen. <laughs> let me ask you this question. McKinney, let me ask you the question. Is the person you're married to a family member? I hope not. But if they are, we love you, God bless you, I hope it works. But I'm glad I did not marry my sister. And guess what family of choice is? The person I choose to become one with. It's a natural, supernatural correlation. Guess who my family is? The people I choose to do life with. I gave you the stats that was the most exhaustive family research in the history of the world. And they asked the question, what is family? 22% said it's blood relatives. Six percent said it's people who live under the same roof. Seventy-four percent said this. They said it's people who care about you and that you care about. That's your family. That's what makes a church like this so important because we really do care about you. We really do care about your family. We care about you getting plugged into small groups. We care about you coming to a men's conference. We care about you coming to sheet time. We care about you being involved in a missions outreach. Why? Because we're going to give over $100,000 away to missions because of a golf game today. Because we care about people besides ourselves, And we're going to go have fun doing it. 
So that's what makes a church family so important is that, that you choose, this is the family that I wanna choose to grow through life with. So what is family of choice? And there, it's, it's in your notes, so follow along with me, it's gonna be on the screens. Family of choice is people who value what you value. So when you find somebody that values what you value, that's why I sit down with Sheila when we were 15. When we were 15 and I drew the triangle. And I said, this is you, this is me, this is God. I believe, and I drew two arrows, if you'll be your best for God and I'll be my best for God, I believe if God wants us together and then I drew an arrow between her and I's name, then whatever, if, as long as we decide to be together, I think we can have a great relationship. She's just looking at me. It's my first leadership seminar in 1975. <laughs> and I said, do you agree with this? And she goes, yes, I agree with it. And so I said, well, let me tell you some other things that are important to me. She goes, okay. I said, the Bible says when you get angry, don't sin. Here's what that means. Don't get sin, stay mad and practice holding things and become bitter. It says when you get angry, don't sin, don't let the sun go down on your anger. I said, so let's make a commitment to each other as long as we're gonna be together and date that we don't practice divorce. She goes, what do you mean? I go, walk away from each other mad and hold stuff against each other. Let's try to work it out in the same day. The Bible gives you a 24 hour workout period. Don't let the sun go down on this. She said, okay. We're still working on that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for still working on that with me. Many of you know, I told her, I said, on the 20th of every month, if you say yes, I'm gonna honor you because honor is important to me. And I'm gonna honor your yes on the 20th every month as long as we're together. She just looked at me and smiled and goes, okay. This month, it was 511 months on the 20th that I've honored her because that's important to me. So here's what I'm telling you. Listen very carefully. I can't tell you what's important to you, but you need to get real clear. That's what we try to do through our masterminds and through me helping coaching people to try to help them really clarify and identify what's important to them so that they can live a life that most matters and they can align their life, their business, their finances and everything with what matters most to them and not just live a life of hit and miss or by default rather than by design. So I share this with you because here's what I want you to understand. Your family of choice is people who value the same things that you value. There are people that served you in the parking lot today because they value you being here. There are people who are serving in your children for your children, take care of your children while you're in here. Why? Because we value you in this family. We want you to have a great experience. There are people behind stage. There are people up in this sound booth. There are people in production studios that, that, that are all over this place that are serving in different capacities. Why? Because as a family, we want to make sure your needs are taken care of. You see, this is a family where we have values. I'm writing a book right now also called The Big Five, and that's the five core values. My kids talked about it last week, the five core values that are important in our family, and they are honor, positive attitude, excellence, leadership, and generosity, and I raised them talking about these things and being very intentional about these things. Those are the same things that are important in our church, and let me just tell you why. Because everything starts with honor. I don't know about you, but I always haven't felt honored. I sure didn't feel honored in my family of origin. I don't know about you, I'm sure you did, Rod. They just honored you. Rod, you're special, you're amazing. No, the truth is most of us weren't raised with honor being an important value in our home. And we live in a world that's opposite of honor, it's dishonor, just turn on the news, just read the news. Because people don't understand, watch, this is the pattern. Honor, everything rises and falls on honor, everything. And when you honor, it, it, it creates positive energy, as, as John Gordon says. It creates a positive energy around you, but watch this, you become a positive person. And when you give honor to people, when you honor God and you honor other people, and that's what we do by serving, we love people and serve people because we care. So, so when you honor people, you create a positive if I can say this, ethos or atmosphere around you because you're an honoring person. You honor your boss. You don't talk behind your boss's back. To do that would be dishonor. Because see, here's what honor does. Honor leads to positivity and being positive leads to a blessed life. Somebody put an amen. So let me show you the opposite. When you're a dishonoring person, you'll be negative. And when you're negative, you bring a curse on your life. God doesn't curse you. You bring a curse on your life because you're negative. Because whatever you say is what you see. 
Some people never figure this out because they're not in a family like this. And they don't hear the truth. And the truth, it's only the truth you know that can set you free. You can hear this truth or you can reach up and say, God, that's mine. I take it. I'm going to apply it to my life. And my life is going to be honorable. It's going to be positive, And it's going to be blessed because that's your plan for my life. That doesn't just happen by being passive. You have to be passionate and you have to be intentional to know what matters most to you. Welcome to Elevate Life, family of choice. Dylan McCullough was a boy who nobody wanted. In fact, on December 1st, 1972, he was born on a cold day in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to a 16-year-old by the name of Carol Biggs. Carol was the sweetest thing. She had a boyfriend, his name was Sherman Smith, and you know, they're just messing around, they're playing around. Stuff happened, she got pregnant. I want you to listen to the dignity of this story. Everybody say dignity. When Carol told her mother, both of them decided, let's don't tell Sherman. He's going off to college. It's isn't about taking responsibility, baby. You made this decision. Once you listen to the dignity of this story, what about blame? Long story short, six weeks later, a lady by the name of Dell who wanted to adopt a baby walked into an orphanage That's what it was called then, but it was basically an adoption center. And she took one look at Deland and started crying and saying, that's my baby. She brought Deland home and began to raise him with a brother named Damon. They grew up in high school, they became athletes. He was a star athlete in Youngstown, Ohio. And one day, a red Mercedes rolled up on his senior year as he was sitting in English class and he looked out the window and he thought, what a cool car. And a very handsome man, tall man got out of the car and it was about 10 minutes later that he got a summons from the principal's office that said, somebody wants to talk to you. Dylan McCullough went to the principal's office that day and his life would change forever because that day, a man by the name of Sherman Smith said, hey, I'm a coach at Miami University and I want you to come play for me. And then he looked at him and he said this, you may not be looking for a father, but if you come play for me, I'll treat you like a son. That's all Dylan needed to hear. He signed with Miami University and became a star, in fact, set school records that still today hold. Sherman Smith was his coach all through high school and he went on to college, I'm sorry, went on to the pros, played for the Cincinnati Bengals until he blew his knee out. Then after college, he went to work in a rehab facility because he needed rehab and he ended up working there and he met his wife and they started living this life and had had a baby and then had two babies, then had three babies and He kept hearing this question in the hospital. So who are the grandparents and what family are you from and where's the birth certificate? He had had no birth certificate. And his wife would talk all about her family and finally their fourth son was born and in 2017, 44-year-old Dylan McCullough told his wife, "I, I I gotta go find my birth parents. Having these boys makes me want to know who I am and where I'm from. And the journey began. And just for the next few minutes, I want to direct your attention to the screens because I want you to hear this amazing story of family of choice. Watch this. I sent her a Facebook message. Mm-hmm. 
phone rings. He gets on the phone and he says hello and he goes through, you know, the preliminary hellos, but then the conversation picks right up. You know, we uh we just start talking. It's like I've known her all my life. It was just like it's a great conversation, you know, within a minute of being on the phone, I said, obviously I'm John, you know, and then at some point I asked her, well, where are you? And she said, Youngstown, that blew me back. Turns out that he was probably less than 10 minutes away from me for the first 10 years of his life. I do remember asking, how'd you end up in Pennsylvania? Well, I explained to him, you know, that uh, he and his father were not we weren't the love story that he might have been hoping for. You know, we were young. We were young. We, I was 16, he was 18. How did you tell the father of the baby about his son? Um, I didn't tell anybody anything. Um, I didn't tell anyone anything. My mom found out I was pregnant. It was handled a little differently back then. And less than a week, I was gone. She sent me to this place in Pittsburgh, and I didn't come home until the day after Demon was born. What were your emotions when he was born? Um, I remember the first time they brought him to me after he was born. I laid him on the bed and took all those clothes off because in my mind, that was probably gonna be the last time I ever saw him. Even though I, at that time I knew that I was going to place him for adoption, I said, he still needs to have a name. Yeah, I can just put him out in the world as nobody. So I came up with John Kenneth, and that's the name that I put on his birth certificate. You know, she explained that to me. And I said, well, shoot, do I got any brothers and sisters? Because I'm like, I'm in Youngstown. I could, if she had other kids, I, don't, I might know them. She said, no, I never had any other children. She said, I never got married. I said, um, well, shoot, who's my dad? At that point, I was confident in the knowledge, this really is my son. So he asked, yeah, I gotta tell him. There were probably only three people that I had ever said his father's name to in the context of my having a baby. emotional at that point and um, it was important for him to know it was important for him to know who his dad was and I said well your father's name is Sherman Smith So as Paul Harvey would say, let me tell you the rest of the story. 
Sherman Smith recruited him at a high school, like I said. He was his college coach for four years. First thing Sherman Smith told him when he was recruiting him was, again, I already said this, but I'll say it again. You may not be looking for a father, but if you play for me, I'm gonna treat you like a son. After he played four years for Sherman Smith, they had this very unique relationship. And to make a long, long story short, everywhere Sherman Smith went to coach, he'd contact Dylan McCullough. Dylan McCullough went on to be the running backs coach for Indiana State University. He was the running backs coach for USC. And on July 6, 2018, just few days ago this summer, he went to his coach's house who had been in relationship for 28 years, who had now, before he took the job to be the Kansas City Chiefs running backs coach, Sherman Smith said, he, was, he coached for 22 years in the NFL, he said, I want you to come coach with me in Seattle, and that's what got him the job as a Kansas City Chief coach. As Dylan walked up now to what looked like was his birth father's doorstep with the DNA test in hand. His father opened the door, looked at the test, and he said, my son. Dylan said that was the first time I'd ever heard that in my life. My son, my son. There's so much to this story there was a mother, Carol Biggs, at 16 that made a very tough decision not to have an abortion to make the problem go away, but to give a boy up for an adoption. There was a woman named Adele that decided, I so want a baby boy. And she adopted him. She chose him. There was a man by the name of Sherman Smith who recruited him as an athlete in college and said, you may not be looking for a father, but if you play for me, I'm gonna treat you like a son. And back and forth and back and forth, this orphan was chosen, chosen, chosen. And now he's chosen to have four sons of his own. And now his oldest son is playing for Miami University where he played <laughs> running back. Here's what I wanna tell you. I don't know how you walked in here today, what you walked in carrying, what your past is, but God says you're chosen. I've chosen you. I want you to know my love. I want you to know my blessing. I want you to know my freedom. But now I want you to choose. I want you to choose me back as God. I want you to choose your family. And for the rest of your life decide you're not gonna live with orphan issues, you're not gonna live with dysfunctional issues. You're not gonna live with victim issues or pitiful issues because of what your dad did or didn't do, what your mom, there were some tough decisions that were made all along the way and it wasn't easy. But let me tell you about how awesome our God is. He's so awesome that he orders our steps and even when we don't even know our steps are ordered, even when we don't even know who we are, even though we don't even know who our family is like Dylan McCullough didn't know, for 28 years, God aligned him with the man who is his biological father Father, and today they'll spend the rest of their life on earth celebrating that. Before I pray for you, let me say one thing about this family. We've had some house rules in this family. I don't know how it was in your house, but I decided when I started this church and many thousands of people now have come along and we are family to have rules. And I just want you to know what the rules are. Here they are. In this house, we do second chances. And by the way, third chances, and fourth chances, and fifth chances. In this house, we do grace. We do grace. In this house, we do real. You might can handle it sometimes, you might not, but we do real here. In this house, we do mistakes. Just because you made a mistake doesn't get you kicked out of this family. In this house, we do I'm sorry. In this house, we do loud really well. In this house, we do hugs. 
In this house, we do family. In this house, we do love. And here's what I want you to know. There ain't nobody perfect here, no, not one. But our values, our care, our love, our serving, we have a chance to have a great, great family and to be a part of God's family on the earth that like we originally read in this message in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, that we are God's chosen. Now we can choose and guess what? We will become examples of what the world needs for what honor looks like, positive energy looks like, and blessing looks like. And I prophesy that over you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let me pray for you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to say something to every person here. You may have come today just to check off the church box. You may have come with your wife and you don't even care about church. You may be here for a lot of different reasons and thinking about lunch right now. But what I want to say to you is you may not be looking for a father. You may not be looking for a mother. But if you're in this house, Pastor Sheila and I are going to treat you like sons and daughters because we do know who we are. And God has called us not just to pastor people, God has called us to love people into their destiny. God has called us to help people by loving them and helping them to transform into whatever the vision they have is for their marriage and for their family and for their future. That's this house. I can't speak for any place else, but I can speak for it here. And here's what I want you to know. No matter what pain you came in, hurt you came in with, no matter what seems dysfunctional right now or what's got you on a search like Dylan McCullough. Right this second, right this moment, God chose you to choose. And what you can choose is God, I want you to be my father. I wanna follow you. I, I wanna live for you. That's what you can choose. It's not about being religious. It's not about just joining a church. It's about being a part of a family of God and with a God that has your best interest in mind. And if you're here and you say, Keith, that's me. I, I'm not right with God. I'm not here to point you out. I'm not here to embarrass you. But if you're here and you say, I need to get my life right with God. You were chosen to choose. Why don't you make the best choice you could ever make? And that's to get your heart and get your life right with God right this second. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, all over this place, just slip it up. Say, I'm gonna get my life right right now. Come on, is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? You choose. You can put your hands down. I want everybody just to pray this prayer with me. The greatest power that each one of us has is to choose. I can't control everything that happens, but I can control what I do with anything that happens. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.